For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love the cross requires cling to the one Amen. Open up your Bible with me to James chapter 5 and verse number 8 is where we'll be today. James chapter 5 and verse number 8. Let's do a little recap. Here's the last section we went from James chapter 5 verse 1 through 7. And it's talking about the oppression of the poor by the rich. The oppression of the poor by the rich. I'm going to read verse number seven before I read verse eight. That way we get in the context. And verse seven says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. And now here, verse number eight. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Where should our hearts be? Where should our, we should look toward the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. It is nearer than has ever been before. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming back for his bride, for his church. The Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. And then those that are are still alive will be caught up with them. Amen. Jesus Christ is coming back for his church and God, God will have the final judgment and say so over everyone and everything and every decision. And the Bible says, be patient, establish your hearts and know that God is coming. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming. The Lord draweth nigh and he will make all wrongs right. You keep living for him. You keep serving him. You keep giving to him. Amen. The wrongs of the earth will be made right when the Lord returns, even on things that you would like to get even on. God says, don't do it. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. Thus saith the Lord. You let the Lord have it. And there are some things in this life that you just have to give over to the Lord and say, you know, you just have to let God deal with that, and God will deal with that. He is faithful. Amen? So therefore, us, his people, us Christians, should be patient. As the Bible gave an example in verse number 7, just like the farmer, he doesn't get fruit or vegetables or crops the day that he plants them, or the week later, or a month later. He waits a long time. He's got to wait for the first rains to come. Then the latter rains, and then, then he can gather his crop. And the same in our life, Christian. You may sow and sow and sow and sow, 
and not see nothing for a while. Then again, you may see something up front, but it, then again, it may take a long time. But whatsoever thou sowest, thou shalt also reap. You sow good things for God, you're gonna get, you're gonna see good things. Amen. If you sow a bunch of wickedness and bad things, then you're gonna get a bunch of wickedness and bad things. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And God also says in Galatians chapter six, verse seven, "Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also." reap that's good things or bad what do you want to reap christian do you want to reap good things do you want to see good benefits do you want to see eternal riches and eternal glory from god that so that you can have crowns in heaven even though we're not going to be worthy of those crowns the bible says that they we will cast them at the savior's feet because he is worthy he is worthy it's all about him amen and that's how we should live our life, giving what we can and doing what we can. You say, well, I don't have much, but the Bible even says, if you give a cool cup of water, ye shall in no wise lose your reward. Amen. See, God doesn't look at the amount that you give or the quantity that you give. He looks at the heart and your heart. What percentage in your heart do you give God? Like the Bible talks about the widow's might. She gave more than all the rich because the rich gave out of their abundance. It was nothing to them. But her tiny little bit was a lot to her. And therefore, in the eyes of God, she gave more than anybody. And that's exactly how God sees you. Amen. Thank God for that. Verse number nine. James chapter 5, verse number 9. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. The Bible says, grudge not one against another. And this verse is for the servants of the Lord working together under trying, stressful circumstances. And, you know, during times of persecution and distress... It's not uncommon for victims to, to turn against one another because they're angry inside. It reminds me of working on jobs where I've worked uh, outages and you might work six days a week, seven days a week, 12 hours a day. I know for a while I worked 13 and a half hours a day for a year. And I tell you what, when you're under that kind of stress, it turns you into a different person. Big arguments break out on the job. People are hollering. People are mad. There are fights going on. And why? Because they're so overworked. They're so overstressed. And you have absolutely no patience. You start taking it out on one another. And careful, Christian, we could do the same thing in the Christian life. And as many times that I've noticed, a lot of times we take it out on one, those we love the most. You know, we, we have a hard time at work or we have a hard time in life and all these problems. And what do we do? We bring it home to our spouse or bring it home. We have a bad attitude with our kids. We're short tempered, don't have time. You're just aggravated to the fully extent that you're taking out something on them that they do not deserve. And that's exactly what the Bible is talking about here, Christian. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. 
Don't get mad and aggravated at each one another. We're going down the same road. We have the same goal. We're working for the same God. We're serving the same Lord. We want to see the same things happen. We want to see people saved, people grow in the Lord, families come to the Lord, people baptize. Amen? But sometimes things get so stressful because dealing with people is stressful. You know, even out in the construction world, it's never the job that's the stressful part. It's never all the hard work and the sweat and the toil. That's not the hard part. The hard part is dealing with the people. And the same with any field that you're in, including ministry. That is the hard part. Why? Because people are people. And we, including myself, people are full of problems. You know why the church has problems? Because it's full of people. You know why the job site has problems? It's full of people and people are full of problems. But just like God loved us, we should love them. And the more that you love God, the closer that you draw to Christ, the more that you will love those people, even if they're unlovable and they don't love you in return. The Bible says, what, what, what difference are you if you love those that love you? Because, see, Christ came to love those that hated him. Christ came to come love those that persecuted him. Christ came to love those that even nailed him to the cross. And you say, I didn't do it. Oh, yes, you did. Oh, yes, you did. Your sin nailed him to the cross. And so you can't put it on them. No, it was mine and your sin that he came to pay for. Amen? So how much more should we love others? And especially in doing service for the Lord. Don't take it out on each other. Be patient and love one another. So hence the warning, don't grumble against one another. Brethren, lest ye be condemned, we should not, don't let resentment build up. Just as in a marriage. Just as in a marriage, it's like a pressure cooker. It, if there's not a little relief valve there, it will, it will build and build and build till it finally blows up. And when it blows up, you can never put all the pieces back together the same way. You, you might repair it and patch it, but there's always going to be a little crack there. There's always going to be something. And so let the pressure off. Get it out. Sit down and talk with somebody. Because I've done it myself. You don't say nothing. You don't say nothing. You don't say nothing. And eventually you blow up and you say things that you know you shouldn't say. And you, you act the way you know you shouldn't act. Why? Because you have let it build up inside you like a pressure cooker. And it's going to come out somewhere, somehow, some way. And it's going to be nasty and messy. And you might, you'll probably be ashamed of yourself by the way the things that you say or the things that you do. So grudge not one against another. Brethren, sit down, talk it out, and also pray for one another. When you pray for a person, it's very hard to stay angry with them. You might be angry with them when you start praying, but if you keep praying, you're not going to be angry with them anymore. And you say, well, how do you do that, preacher? You just start doing it. That's how you do it. You just force yourself. It's a will. It's a decision that you make. It's a choice. I am going to do that. I am going to pray for them, no matter what or how they feel about me. So, after all, the judge is already at the door. He knows what you think. Just at the end of that verse, the judge standeth before the door. The judge knows what's going on in your heart. The judge knows what you're thinking. The judge knows the intent and motives of your heart. Amen? 
Let's make sure that we love one another. Grudge not one against another. We're all serving the same Lord. Amen? Verse number 10. Take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Listen to that verse again. Take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Now, the Old Testament prophets are an example of suffering and patience. Now, there's something very important in this verse that you need to notice. Notice that the suffering precedes the patience. It's the suffering that teaches patience. It's the suffering that teach you to hate, to be patient in serving the Lord. Amen. Because without the suffering, without the affliction, you will never get the patience. And patience is when you are stay in a calm, unruffled state in the midst of attack and turmoil and distress. It is when you stay calm and an unruffled state. And you, there's only way you can do that is to start going through suffering and affliction. Because when it first starts happening, you probably won't respond right. Why? Because it's horrible. It's terrible. Who wants to go through those kind of things? But as you go through it, you build up thicker skin, if you want to call it that. It's not that you don't love them any less, but it's that you don't let those things affect you like they used to. Why? Because I have been through this. I know what's going on. I know there's a demonic attack. I know that we are in a spiritual battle. And I know just as God uses people to do his work, Satan, the devil, and his demons use people for their work, for the wronging of other people people they can work through those people and those people are blind for the most part they don't know what they're doing most of them say i'm a good person but yet the devil is using them in a way that they don't even realize what did jesus say to peter get behind me satan was satan not using peter so careful satan can come after you we are no match for him the only way that we are a match for him is through the blood of the lord jesus christ michael the archangel would not even contend with him he said the lord rebuked me he would not even take him on who are we no one so trials and tribulations and persecution and suffering that brings patience tribulation produces perseverance tribulation produces perseverance it tells us in romans 5 3 and not only so but we glory in tribulation also knowing that tribulation tribulation worketh patience he says we glory in tribulation and that's not going to happen at first you're not going to glory say praise god they're attacking me they're tearing me up they're, they're destroying me they're hurting me but they're also taking food off my kids table i mean it's just horrible it's bad it's terrible but it's not till you go through those things and you start serving the lord and you trust god even in the midst of that and say god i trust you just as 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did when King Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm going to throw you in that furnace, fiery furnace if you don't bow down before this golden idol when you hear the music. And those young boys, I love what they said, that our God is able to deliver us. But they went on to say, even if not, but if not, we still won't bow down to that golden image. We're going to serve him to our last dying breath. We trust him. And listen to me, that is precious in the eyes of God. That is precious in God's sight. When you trust him without faith, is it impossible to please him, the Bible says. So the more that you go through those things, the more that you trust God, the more that you're going to grow in the Lord, the more that patience that you will have the more, more perseverance that you will have that I am going to persevere through this tribulation. I am going to serve God. And in the end, in the end, I'll be even closer to the Lord. You know, the prophets, because of their faithfulness in declaring the word of the Lord, those prophets, hey, listen, they were persecuted unmercifully, yet they endured. Listen to what it says in, in Hebrews chapter 11. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, verse 36 says, and others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourging, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. Verse 37, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. They didn't have no fancy clothes to wear. They, they, were, they skinned an animal and wrapped that around them. They were wearing sheepskins and goatskins. The Bible says that some of them ate honey and locusts, amen, and preaching God's word. That's what I love about John the Baptist. He come out of the, the, the woods like a wild man, wrapped with, a, with camel's hair and a leather belt, eating locusts and wild honey and preaching God's word, amen. You don't have to have a suit and tie to get up and preach God's word. Now, there's nothing wrong with wearing a suit and tie when you get up and preach. I do, but you don't need that to preach. You can stand on the street corner in a t-shirt and proclaim God's word like John the Baptist did with boldness. Amen. Now, listen to verse 38, Hebrews eleven thirty-eight. of whom this is what it says about the prophets. And this is what God thinks about the prophets. So if you want God to think this about you, you've got to live your life like that, to go out on a limb and serve God. Verse 38, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Just like Jesus, he said, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He didn't have a home. He didn't have a place to call home. He slept wherever God opened the door. Amen. And many of the prophets were the same way. They wandered about preaching God's word. But the Bible says that the world was not worthy of them. So how precious are they in the eyes of God? How precious do you want to be in the eyes of God? How close to God do you want to be? Because the truth is, Christian, it's up to you and it's up to me of how close I want to be to God because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's us that changes. It's us that changes our attitude. It's us that changes our mood. It's us that changes our mind. God is the same each and every day. Amen. James chapter 5, verse 11. Behold, we count them happy which endure. 
ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. And we look back at those prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel. They were of great respect. We honor them because of their, their lives and their zeal and their devotion to God. We call them blessed. They were right and the world was wrong. And we should remember that they went through those great trials and suffering and they endured with patience. Amen. That doesn't mean that they weren't never scared. I am sure when they threw Daniel in the lions did, the Bible says never says that he was not afraid at all or that those young boys that were going to be thrown in the fiery furnace, they were not afraid at all, but they, they had enough faith that their faith got in front of their fear and they let their faith lead them. Amen. And we should do the same. If we want to be blessed, we need to do the same. Job is a fine example of, of perseverance and, and fortitude Courage and strength in the face of adversity. And, and few have, if, if any, have ever suffered like Job. Yet he never cursed God. He never turned on him. And in the end, Job was rewarded for his endurance and his patience. God revealed himself, as he always does, to be compassionate and merciful and loving. And your life may be the same way. Remember, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. The devil went before God about his servant Job. And God said, have you tried my, my servant Job? And Satan said, well, you put a hedge of protection about him. You've made him rich. He's got all kind of stuff. And God said, you can do anything to him, but you can't take his life. What a testimony that the world must have saw in the life of Job. As he went through, he, he lost everything. His home, his, all his children his animals, everything that he had all back to back, one after the other. But yet he stayed faithful and served God. I dare say, Christian, and none of us have had that happen to us in one day where you lose your home, all your wealth, all your animals, your children, everything that you have. But yet Job stayed faithful. God is good in the valley and God is good on the mountaintop. Amen. Because we see, we see death in a whole different light than God sees death. Death, truly Christian, is just a door that leads you into glory. That's what it is. Our last verse, James chapter 5 and verse number 12. But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay be nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. Now you need to listen to the first part of that verse. But above all things, my brethren, swear not. Impatience and, and times of trial, can you might get mad and swear. But here, it's not a question of profanity or, or cursing. Neither is it a matter of taking an oath and like in a court of law or a police officer takes an oath to uphold the law. He's not talking about that. But he's talking about swearing like by the name of the Lord. Or I swear on my children that I would do this. Or I swear on my grandmother's name that I would do that. The practice is forbidden is the, is the thoughtless use of the Lord's name or some other name to test the truthfulness of your speech. But that shouldn't be show with us Christians. We should not have to swear by anyone or anything, either in heaven or on earth. The Bible says, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. 
If you say yes, you need to mean it. If you say no, you need to mean it. You don't have to swear by anything. So I asked you today, Christian, how much patience do you have? How much trust in God do you have? Do you let those hard things draw you even closer to God as in Job where he was more blessed at the end of his life after the suffering and the hurt and the toil and you can be the same if you respond right. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.